Traditionally, the Feast of the Ascension takes place 40 days after Easter. But out of convenience for the faithful, the bishops of the United States, except in a few locations, have moved the feast to the following Sunday, which is why we celebrate it this weekend. But the Ascension is the final moment in the earthly life of Jesus, the moment in which his victory over sin and death is preserved in heaven forever. He ascends to and returns to the house of the Father as the living sacrifice who will continue to be the bridge between God and humanity until the end of time. He returns to that heavenly realm, taking his place at the Father's right hand. As we heard in our responsorial psalm for, this, for tonight, it's the moment when the risen Lord mounts his throne, solidifying forever his kingship over heaven and earth, fulfilling all the prophecies foretold about the Messiah. It's when the Father crowned Jesus with the glory that was owed to him because of what his passion, death, and resurrection accomplished for all humanity. It's one of the most important moments in the life of the church and in the life of every Christian disciple. Because of that, we have to pay attention to the words that Jesus has spoken to his apostles from the moment of his resurrection until the time that he's taken up into heaven. What has he said? First, he sums up the entire message of salvation. He's been reminding his disciples, of why he stepped down from heaven in the first place. It was his mission to preach salvation, to remind humanity that God the Father wanted to be in relationship with them, that he wanted to spend eternity with all of us. His purpose was to make that promise a reality by his suffering, death, and resurrection. It's only because of Christ's preaching and passion that it's possible for us to experience salvation from sin. Because of the sacrifice of Christ, we can discover and enjoy the peace of soul that we all yearn for. We're given the greatest gift, victory over death. But more importantly than just summing up the reason for his coming... Jesus' words accomplish something else. In this final moment with his apostles, he gives his followers a responsibility. He gives them their mission. He calls on them to be witnesses of the incredible things that have taken place. He tells them to share the exact same message of salvation with the whole world. But Jesus also says that they will not be able to carry out that mission by themselves. They will need the Holy Spirit. And so he promises that he will send the Spirit upon them, even telling them to not leave Jerusalem until they are are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Only after that are they then to go to all nations to be Christ's witnesses. And that's the same exact mission that we have. In the ascension of our Lord, we come face to face 
with the core of the entire gospel. Christ's saving message being transmitted to all people through the witness of the church. It sums up Christian discipleship. It gives us our mission and purpose. In the gospel, that mission is given to us in the very final words that Jesus speaks. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Giving witness to Christ, telling others about his message, sharing with them how the Lord has personally changed our lives. That's our primary mission on earth. Before he ascended, Jesus didn't say, Go have a good time. Go do whatever you want. Go find yourselves. No. He told us to go be my witnesses to all the nations. That's the mission that we have been entrusted with. That is what we are supposed to do. But the beauty of the life of Christian discipleship is that God calls each one of us to accomplish that mission in different ways. That's where specific vocations come in. God calls some of us to witness to his life, death, and resurrection as priests or deacons. He calls some to consecrate their lives as religious brothers or sisters, dedicating their lives to the service of the church in those roles. Others he calls to be full-time missionaries, going out to the various corners of the earth to actively tell others about Jesus and what he did for us. Still others are called to transform the culture of the world from within, sharing Christ in their actions in the workplace, leading their families to Jesus, or bringing others to an encounter with Christ in the volunteer work that they do. Every single one of us, every one of us has been called by God to bear witness to Christ in the sincerity, the faithfulness, and loving kindness with which we live out our normal responsibilities and relationships. He calls us to go to different places and different people to share about all the good things the Lord has done. Our mission is to go out. It's to go out. Not just to share it amongst ourselves in the parish, in our families. Our mission is to go out. Had the disciples not left Jerusalem after receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, would the rest of the world have gotten to know about Jesus? The answer to that question is absolutely not.
this week as we prepare for Pentecost next Sunday. Let's ask the Holy Spirit for a special outpouring of grace into our hearts that we might heed the Lord's invitation to go out and share with others about all that Jesus has done for us. The world needs to see our joy. It needs to see our love for God and for neighbor. It needs to hear the message of salvation. Will we be the ones to take that message out to others? Or will we sit back and wait for someone else to take it to the world? I pray that each of us will respond to that invitation with an attitude of positivity and courage. Not being afraid to go to all the corners of Windermere, of Metro West, of Dr. Phillips, of Orlando, and proclaiming the gospel to all the nations.